Uh, we're going to finish up Romans 1 next week. I know you're disappointed, Mom, so I'd have the end of Romans 1 today, but uh, we're going to finish that up next time. <laughs> but, but don't miss it. All right. Uh, but today we're going to do something for all women, all women. Um, the, they're laughing because it's a hard passage, but anyway. I didn't think it's that bad, but anyway, uh, but today I'm going to do, the title is An Unusual Mother's Day Sermon, all right? First Timothy 2, 11 to 13, but we're going to start off with something usual, first of all. Uh, first of all, Joy, where's Joy? Come on up. We're, uh, something usual is the baby bottles that we kick off every Mother's Day. Here's another one. I had one up here. I thought you meant I was usual. <laughs> You're usual. <laughs> uh, yes, every year we... We invest our time and our change in filling up the baby bottles. You know, I was thinking about this. And I was asking the Lord to just how, how important is this? And I was thinking, your change, putting these bottles, can change a woman's life and change a child's life. Because the money that's invested in choice one might be the money that allows a woman to say no to an abortion and yes to being a mom and not just the memory of being a mom but being a mom. So please fill up the bottles with change. They're all over on the table. Take one, take two, take three or more and fill them up. And then we're collecting them now through Father's Day. So really fill up those baby bottles and just think no spit up, no nothing. Just put that change in and you're good to go. No midnight feeding either. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks. So that will be going on. You'll be able to grab the bottles the next month. And uh, but but we're going to try to collect them by Father's Day. But whenever they get in, they get in. Okay, uh, so that's one thing. Another uh, another regular thing is we have a gift for all the ladies of our church. And um, I'm going to have Kim do this one because Peggy uh, chickened out. She didn't show up today. Hi, Peggy. <laughs> but Peggy made these. It's beautiful. And uh, but I want to say this too about Kim. Um, we used to in churches growing up, they always had a contest. Who had the most kids? And whoever had the most kids, they would give a plant, a flower, or something. Do you remember that? You know the traditional. Those are your, they don't do that anymore. But uh, but I remember I remember every once in a while there'd be a lot of kids. Somebody would have ten kids. I think ten was the most I ever heard. And I think that person's got to be crazy. But <laughs> but now I know they're crazy. So here's a mother of thirteen, our Kim. You would get a plant if we were doing that contest. So. <laughs> And just what a mother of that many kids would want is a plant, of course. <laughs> that's what we all want. <laughs> so that's probably why they did away with it. No. Um, anyway, so today's gift for every, all the ladies in the church is um, it's called a pocket prayer quilt. And Peggy, unfortunately, couldn't be here today. So I asked her to write down why I should, what this means to her and why she makes these. You may have gotten one in the mail, by the way. Some people in the church may have received one, but this is what it is. Uh, pocket prayer quilt. They say that good things come in small packages, and this is true of the pocket prayer quilt. That small cross inside the quilt is a constant reminder of God's greatest gift to us and his promise that he will never leave us or abandon us. So when you thank God for all of your many blessings or are faced with one of life's many trials, reach inside your pocket and look for the cross, remembering that his son, Jesus Christ, loves you with an indescribable and never-ending love. You are precious and honored in his sight, and you will never be alone. And that's why she made these. Um, there's a little poem on the back, but um, I would encourage you, even for people who already have one, 
pick up another one because as I was talking to Peggy, I don't know if you know, she was in the hospital for last week, and she always throws a bunch in her bag when she goes. And she said to me, Kim, by the end of the week, I ran out of my pocket prayer quilts because as she's talking to people and listening to their stories, she would hand them one to let them know that she was praying for them. So that's another way to use it, not only for our, for us, but as an outreach and to give to other people. So thank you. Happy Mother's Day. And happy Mother's Day, Peggy. She did get home from the hospital, and uh, she's doing well. And her procedure, I believe, is going to be on July 7th. Is that right? July 7th? So that's her uh, procedure with the heart and all that's going on. So uh, so the kids can follow Kim on out to Children's Church. Which way are you going? Back door or front? Back door. Back door. And hopefully next week we're going to have those back doors open and ready to go. Hopefully that will be a next week. So uh, be watching for our team, Marty and Caleb and the different guys. Just watch for them, and they'll direct you in. But hopefully the back doors will be open next week, okay? Okay, so, so far, so good. So far, so good. Those are the traditional things. Remember, this is an unusual Mother's Day. Now the fun begins, all right? So we had uh, a pre- our kids do this presentation night, and they say, okay, this is the night, and it's like a Saturday night, and they're all a lot of them are there, and they all pick a topic. This is all on their own. They pick a topic that they're passionate about, some biblical topic, something that could even be uh, a difficult t- subject, and they uh, <clears throat> something on their hearts or controversial, and they each make a presentation on that particular subject using the Bible and using different arguments, and they'll take turns. And <clears throat> the last one I was at, uh, I was able to be there, two big issues came up regarding women. Two big issues that they done did their presentations were done on. Both, both also came up in our home fellowship recently. We have a I have a connect the dots home fellowship. If you have never been there, we have a great great uh, time connecting the dots to God's word and present day events. It's shocking what's going on. I just read a really big one in the news this morning. Anybody see it? Come to my group next week, all right? And uh, it's a big one. And uh, the Zoom, it's also Zoom, so if you ever want to just Zoom in, you can Zoom in. So uh, let me know, and I'll include you on that update. But but it came up in the home fellowship also, and I I said, oh, we're going to have to talk about these at Mother's Day. The girls' group, the girls brought it up, and then the home fellowship. We're going to have to talk about Mother's Day, and we all laughed about it. But only if the girls help me. I said to my girls, only if you help me and and come up and help me share this, I'll do it, because I'm already in enough trouble. After Romans 1, I'm in enough. But but they all chickened out. They all chickened out. Becca, who instigated this, isn't even here today. Had to go see my, you know, in-laws mom, you know, some excuse like that you know so uh so so i'm on my own but but hang in there with me hang in there because it's going to end with a bang for all the moms here uh, and there'll be a quite a mother's day connection when we get to the end so hang on okay let's pray father we thank you for the worship we thank you for all the moms and all the women of our church that have had such an impact on so many people whether a physical mom a spiritual mom an emotional mom lord we just know that every woman here has had so many so much impact on so many people and we thank you for them we pray a special blessing upon them and pray now as we look at your word that we would all learn whether moms dads everybody would learn something from this move forward in our faith walk and if anybody here has never put their faith in jesus christ yet they would take that step today that just as they had a, a physical birth from their mom, there would be a spiritual birth on this day. They would be born again. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 
Okay, so the first one is in 1 Timothy 2, 11 to 13, and we'll just use the, the, the words here because uh, got them here. And the first one has to do with women in ministry. That's what Becca did a presentation on. It blame it on Becca, blame it on Becca. Uh, women in ministry, and here's the passage, a woman should learn in quietness and full submission. I do not permit a woman to teach or to assume authority over a man. She must be quiet, for Adam was formed first, then Eve. And this was what came up about women being in ministry. Can they be a pastor of a church? Uh, and, and clearly they can't, biblically. It's okay for women to be in ministry with women's ministries or over with children. Lots of different ministries, but they can't be in a position of, of ministry and authority over men. It's a very, very clear teaching. It, it can't get any more clear than that. But So why is there so much confusion? Why is there so much compromise in the church in America especially? Why? Uh, because people don't like it. <laughs> a lot of people just don't like it, you know. And, and, and honestly, a lot of the women's liberation, and not, not all women, but the Antichrist women's liberation segment has really taken a strong stand and, and crept into the church. And, and, and a lot of that false teaching came about because of the Antichrist women's liberation. And it's sad because the Bible and Jesus and Christianity elevates women. We're, we're, the, the true women's liberation is because of Jesus Christ and the Bible. If you travel to any other culture, any other part of the world where it's not Christian, you see how women are treated. I've been places where guys, I had a girl standing next to me from my group, offered me uh, two camels for one of my wives, you know. This is, he was not kidding, you know. It, this is what happens the rest of the world shockingly, people blame Christianity for hurting women. Well, the rest of the world shows what Christianity has done. It's truly liberated and elevated women just in, in, in a beautiful, beautiful way, in a biblical way. So uh, it, it's, that's, that's, what, that's why I say anti-Christian women's lib versus biblical Christian women, women's lib. It's a very, very different, different thing. But the main argument that I hear it from people is that it's cultural. Paul was talking about something that was cultural. It doesn't fit anymore. This was cultural. Or it's the effect of the fall. This was because of the fall. But since Jesus came and, and reversed the, the, the curse at the, the cross, now this doesn't come into play anymore. How do we know that that is false teaching? How do we know? What's very obvious from this passage you just read? Paul connects it to creation. He, create, he takes it back to creation itself. It, it, there's no culture at creation. It was the beginning of, this is how God created it. There was no fall yet. There was no fall yet at creation. So that argument is very, is, is false teaching. It's false teaching. This is a very dangerous, slippery slope. Whenever we use the cultural argument for something we don't like, you know, and that's the bottom line, people just don't like it. But when we use that argument for cultural argument for something in the Bible that we just don't, that's, that's when we use it, right? We just don't like it. But when we do that, it, it's very, very dangerous. And when people do this, error, serious error is not far behind. 
I remember when I first started in ministry, I was part of a denomination, and there was a lot of women coming into ministry in this denomination. And I was like, where, where are they getting this from? Because the Bible's so clear. But they were making all these arguments, cultural blocks. It was mostly cultural. But wouldn't you know that what I saw over time, I'm no longer part of that denomination, but there's many denominations now in the U.S. Now, over time, what I saw is they went from that to many other very dangerous beliefs. You know, women in ministry was cultural. Homosexuality is cultural. You just go down the list. It just kept going and going. And whenever, whenever somebody starts to dis- dismiss verses like this and call it cultural, you can bet there's going to be a lot of other problems. And I've seen this over and over and over again. And this is a very critical teaching with very serious implications. Let's look at the next couple of verses. Verse 14, and Adam was not the one who was deceived. It was the woman who was deceived and became a sinner. But women will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith, love, and holiness with propriety. So this is, this is serious implications. What the Bible teaches is that women, women are more spiritual than men. Uh, that's obvious. You know, women just take to spiritual things a lot more easily and more passion and it is often the wife becomes a Christian and the husband's drug along and sooner or later he gets it you know yeah I just see keep bringing them keep bringing them I'm going to hit him in the head with the Bible just keep bringing them right but but women are are more hungry for the the spiritual things of God which is a positive but the Bible also teaches that the negative is that they're more prone to spiritual deception that is taught in, in the Bible. Think of cults. Most of the cults are, are heavy, more heavy, uh, heavy with women. That's, that's women. They're two-thirds women in these cults that you see out there because they're more prone to that. That's why it's important. The Bible teaches it's important for women to stay under their husband's leadership, spiritual leadership, and a pastor's spiritual leadership. Very, very important. Yes, men can also lead people (laughs) astray and into error, right? There's lots of men who are false teachers, and there's lots of cults that were started by men. So we're not letting men off the hook here. But it's very, very common with women in spiritual leadership. Very, very common. I was talking to a friend recently who, uh, tragic story, he and his wife started going to a, they moved and they were going to another church and it was, it was uh, one of these churches where there's a lot of prophetic ministry, which I'm not against prophetic, but, but this one was pretty shaky. It starts with a B and we don't sing their songs anymore. But anyway, that, that's, uh, uh, you, most of you can figure that out. But, <clears throat> but he, they were going there and this, he started getting lots of red flags from this particular. Once again, I'm not against prophetic ministry. I'm not against the gifts in any way, but you've got to test everything. And this church didn't test things didn't test and they just accepted everything and <clears throat> he got a lot of red flags and he said to his wife i don't think we should be here there's too many red flags here but she was meeting with a prophetess a prophetess who was one of the leaders of the church <clears throat> and uh and so so she started saying to this woman your husband's in a bad place he, this is a guy solid you know he's an elder deacon guy solid right you know he's in a bad place spiritually he's under satan's deception you need to leave him and then she said, you, know, you have to divorce your husband. This is a solid guy. Yeah. And she did it. It destroyed. The family just exploded. Crazy, crazy, right? Tragic, tragic story. And, and it's very, this is very common when, when a church that has, that has uh, 
women in ministry, women as pastors, very, very common, uh, this, this kind of stuff. Think of this. I'll give you another proof. Denominations that have women in ministry, almost every one of them says it's okay to, they're pro-choice with abortion, right? And they're pro-LGBTQ, every one of them. Every, almost, almost every one of them is that way. I would say 90% of them. That show, why is that? Because there's, there's error there. It started with error and it ends with error. Uh, the, the churches that I know with women pastors, most of them are way off base. Not just the denominations like that, but the, church, the denominations with women as pastors, most of them are like pro this and pro that, anti-biblical. But churches with women, most of them are way off. Uh, I was watching, the girls were watching, uh, last, yeah, last night were watching a documentary on Gwen Sh- Shamblin. Gwen Shamblin with the Way Down Diet. You know, some of you have heard of her, and she was big in churches. And you know, they were watching this documentary, and and then she she had this Way Down Diet thing, and then she also started her own church, Remnant Fellowship Church, and she was the pastor. Her husband was in the shadows, and finally she divorced him. She was she was, and it and it showed how it became a cult. It's a wild story. It became a cult. And, and where, when it crossed lines, she actually denied the Trinity. Denied the Trinity. And people still kept coming because they were losing weight. You know, it was crazy. You know, it was a crazy documentary. And, uh, and, it, and, and, and she denied the Trinity and all this false teaching. And finally, she and her second husband uh, died in a plane crash, which was sad. But now they know better. But uh, they, they know the truth now. But... Uh, but it, it's sad. It's just a sad story. It's a sad, sad story. Now, you look at, now, I want to look at the connection back to this whole thing. Look at the connection to motherhood. Verse 15. But women will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith, love, and holiness with propriety. See the connection to the motherhood. Biblical submission was connected to God's protection, is connected to God's protection in, in childbirth and and. Uh, and Spiritual blessing. Ladies, if you want to be blessed, biblical submission is key. Biblical submission. Not, you know, be a doormat. Not, you know, if your husband wants you to do something against God's word, not talking about that. But biblical submission is the key. Ephesians, I know, doesn't it sound horrible even saying these things in America today, right? Uh, Ephesians 5, 22 to 24 says this. Wives, submit to your husbands as, as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Women, uh, once again, not to go against the Bible, but as long as your husband's going biblically, it's very important, this submission. Women not submitting to their husbands is a huge problem. I'm going to hit the men in just a minute. Hold on, men. But uh, don't get too puffy there. But... uh, (laughs) But, but it's a huge problem in marriages. Big, 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 big problem. And for churches, many of my, the conflicts in churches that I've been through and seen over 35 years of ministry, almost every time the conflict was, a, was 90% of the time was a strong wife and a weak husband. It was a wife who would not submit, married to a husband who wasn't strong enough to, to take spiritual leadership. And, and it, it, it devastates churches, splits churches, causes unbelievable damage. 
And I'm telling you, it's a common, common struggle. A big, big damage. Okay? Uh, men, be strong spiritual leaders. I didn't say bossy, but be strong servant spiritual leaders. You, you are the head of the family. It is your job. And if you don't do it, wives have to. A lot of wives have to do it because the men aren't doing it. But, but men, it's our job to be a spiritual leader. That's our job. Don't be passive like the first husband in history, Adam. Adam was passive. Did you know that? He should have made sure Eve was ready for that snake. He should have made sure Eve was grounded with what God had told them. He should have. And where was he while Satan is tempting his wife? Where was he? Watching the Eagles game? You know what I mean? You know, where was he? He should have been there. He should have been you know, protecting her, right? Should have protected her from that snake. Just as we as husbands should protect our wives and kids from the snakes of this world, right? The attacks. We must protect our wives and children from the enemy's lies, from the world's lies. We have to do that. We have to protect them. And we should also make it easy for our wives to submit, it's, if we, we should make it easy for them to submit. Ephesians 5.25 says this. Here we go, husbands. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Most of us won't even wash the dishes, much less die for our wives, right? Yeah. 26, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle, or any other blemish but holy and blameless, in the same way husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. We are, we are called to, to love. If we love our wives like that, they will trust us. They'll trust our leadership. But we have to love our wives. Now, why is it? I'm not you know, off the hooks. got to submit. Even if we're not perfect, right? But, but husbands, come on. If we love our wives that way, it's easy for them, right, uh, to trust our leadership, to trust us. Uh, you want to give your, your wife a Mother's Day gift, a real Mother's Day gift, don't give her a plant. Okay, plants are okay. They're okay. But, but also, I know I probably ruined half of your days. Right? Right. That's why I had to fix this. I had to fix this. It's Kim's fault. All right, but anyway. The women, the woman made me eat the, make the joke. But anyway, uh, keep digging, keep digging, digging. Down to China. All right, here we go. If you want to give your wife another Mother's Day gift, love the women in your life with the love of Jesus Christ. Love them with the love of Jesus Christ. Love them. That's the gift you can give them. There's one other thing I'm going to bring up. I'm not going to deal a lot with this second one because Becca's not here. I was going to do the second topic, but all the girls bailed out, including Becca. Uh, but this is 1 Corinthians 11, 3 to 16, and it's connected to what I just did. And I'm just going to read the passage and make a couple of comments, and then you're going to have to talk to Becca if you want more information. But anyway, but look at this. Paul says, but I want you to realize that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is a man, and the head of Christ is God. Every man who prays or prophesies with his head covered dishonors his head. But every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head. It is the same as having her head shaved. 
For if a woman does not cover her head, she might as well have her hair cut off. But it is a disgrace for women to have her, her hair cut off or her head shaved. Then she should cover her head. A man ought, to, ought not to cover his head since he is the image and glory of God, but a woman is the glory of man. For man did not come from woman, but woman from man. Neither was man created from woman, but woman for man. It is for this reason that a woman ought to have authority over her own head because of the angels. Nevertheless, in the Lord, woman is not independent of man, nor is man independent of women. For as women came from man, as woman came from man, so also man is born of woman, but everything comes from God. Judge for yourselves, is it proper for a woman to pray with, to God with her head uncovered? Does not the very nature of things teach you that if a man has long hair, it is a disgrace to him? But that if a woman has long hair, it is her glory, for long hair is given to her as a covering. If anyone wants to be contentious about this, we have no other practice, nor do the churches of God. Wow. So uh, I'm not going to do this whole sermon, but I must say this. When I was a kid going to church, many women wore hats in church, head coverings in church, scarves or hats. It was very, very common. Some of you remember that, right? But over time, hats grew out of fashion and they grew out of the churches. They, they kind of disappeared. But some churches still wear. If you go to certain churches, you'll still see all the women with the head covering on. Uh, the girls were like, what do you think, Dad? Because they did this presentation. We had this big discussion and argument and all this. And Because and, I was kind of like, ah, it's not a big deal. Come on, Dad. You, why are you dismissing this? I go, no, you're right. I said women probably should be wearing head covering in churches. Uh, they, they probably should, biblically. Um, read the passage. You can see why. Becca did the presentation. Ask her for her opinion. All right. I'm in enough hot water. Uh, but mothers, you have lots of leisure time today. You're not going to have anything to do today. Read the passage. Think about it. Pray about it. You can go on. You know, go online and look for head coverings. You know, like head coverings in church. Uh, several ladies from my home fellowship are wearing them today because we had this big discussion. Uh, we're not. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm going to be legalistic about it, but something to really pray about and think about because it is a biblical issue. Uh, so, uh, but uh, you can ask for the, the head coverings for your Mother's Day gift. All right. Uh, <laughs> but I'm in enough hot water, so I would just say ask Megan, who is there, Becca, uh, Chicky, Emily, and Danielle. They're going to give you their perspective. They're all wave girls, so they all see know who you are. They're hiding back there. <laughs> Ask them for their opinion because they had a lot of opinions for their dad over this because I was kind of like laid back on it. They had a lot of opinions, but when it push comes to shove, they disappear. But anyway, uh, women in ministry, women in ministry and women in head coverings. Why I titled this an unusual Mother's Day sermon. But I want to say this. I want to be very clear. This does not make women inferior in any way. Galatians 3:26 says this, you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who are baptized in, into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. Here we go. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Whatever our gender, male or female, there's only two, sorry. Uh, Got to be clear on that one too. Uh, there's only two, but whether we're slave, boss, slave-free, uh, you know, Jewish or, or Gentile, whatever we are, we are all one in Christ. We are the same in God's sight. So why these different verses? Because we are the same 
equal in God's sight, but we're given different roles, different jobs to do. Everyone has a different job to do. And some women think, that's not fair. Heard that plenty of times. That's not fair. But women are honored with the most vital role, the most important role. And what is that? Motherhood. It's the most important job in the universe. You may not feel like that if you've got a bunch of kids running around or you've got a couple of prodigals. You might not feel like it, but trust me, it's the most important job in the universe. And men cannot be moms no matter what they say. <laughs> Nor do we want to be. <laughs> we, we couldn't be. It takes, it, takes a, it takes a woman to be a mom. It takes a woman to be a mom. Uh, what's more, what's more important in life? Selling some product, right? What's more important? Selling some product or, or, or raising a child, having and raising a child. None of us would be here without our moms. The sacrifice our moms have made in, in the, you talk about sacrifice. We have all been a pain from day one, literally women we're given the mom job, and there's nothing more important. Nothing. There's nothing because it's eternal. That's why. Whether you're a physical mom, an emotional mom, a spiritual mom to someone, you can, God calls all women to be different things. You are still a mom to, to different people, and, and, and it's, it's, it's eternal. I hear sometimes I hear someone say, "Well, my mom's just a housewife," or 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 some woman say, "Well, I'm just a housewife." <laughs> no, 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 no. We have that backward. No, you're just an executive. You're just a, a a CEO of a company. You're just the vice president of the USA, and that's all you are. Uh, you're just you are you are just the queen of the UK. You're just the queen of the United Kingdom. But you're never just a mom. Never just a mom. And, and uh, you know, it, 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 it's, 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 you, it's crazy how important moms are. And just because you can't pastor church doesn't mean you can't do ministry, ladies. Uh, we keep our women very busy here at New Hope Community Church, don't we? Uh, just ask Kim. She's like, I don't want to do anymore. I don't. I'm dead. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 but I hope our, our moms and our wives do so much. Our ladies in our life do so much. I hope you give your moms and the women in our lives, I hope you give them the day off. And, and Kim's day off started yesterday. She was going in the car with all the girls to a, a baby shower, my sister's baby shower. Uh, not hers, her daughter's baby shower. And uh, they were getting in the car, and I said, guys, they were all having their interaction. And, and I said, as I was getting them off in the car, I said, girls, you can give your mother a Mother's Day gift starting now. Stop fighting, you know. <laughs> Don't fight the rest of the day. This is the car ride in, in tomorrow, you know. Uh, you could, and, and Kim would always say that to kids. I don't want any gifts. I just want you not to fight for the day. Just Right, Mom? Just don't fight for the day. And that goes for the husbands. Don't fight with them either for the day, all right? Uh, but, ladies, if you are a mother, and once again, Physically, spiritually, emotionally, the most important job you can do is raise godly kids. That's the most important job. And I know we all have prodigals, right? We all have prodigals. But God only holds you accountable 
for your job. They've got to make their decisions. But God, someday, you're going to stand before God, and he's not going to say, how'd your kids turn out? No, he's going to say, what did you do? Were you faithfully preparing them? And they make their decisions. That's between them and God. But he's going to only hold you accountable and also reward you and bless you because that was your main focus is raising godly children. You have a job with eternal rewards. And don't give up. Prodigals come around. We're praying they all come around. We pray constantly here for our prodigals, don't we? But, but don't give up. They still come around. But, but mom, you, you have the, the only job with eternal rewards. Dads can pitch in, and we've got to help out, be spiritual leaders. We've got our own job. But, but you have eternal rewards. My mom used to say it all the time. Happy Mother's Day, Mom, by the way. Uh, she, she watches these. And you, 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 my mom used to always say, the only thing I can take to heaven with me is my kids. That's the only thing she was worried about. All the other stuff was nothing. She goes, I can only take you kids with me to heaven. And that's your job, Mom. They've got to make their choices, but, but that's, what, that's the eternal impact you can have. And prodigals out there, and some of you are sitting here, you're probably prodigals, uh, you're breaking your mother's heart. Because all she cares about is you going heaven to with her. That's all she cares about. So if you, I want to say get with it and get saved. Do it today. Give your mother a great Mother's Day gift and, and surrender to Jesus Christ and give your life to him. Let's pray. Maybe you're a prodigal sitting here today. You've never put your faith in Jesus Christ. Maybe you're watching this out there with your mom as a favor to your mom. Maybe she's forwarded this to you. <laughs> Said, please watch this as a gift to me from Mother's Day. I pray that you would turn to Jesus. Receive the gift of life and give your mom the, the ultimate Mother's Day gift by giving your life to Jesus. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Your mother has that eternal life and she wants you to have it with her. And you can have that right now by putting your faith in Jesus, giving your life to Jesus. Say, God, I don't want the sin anymore. I don't want the garbage anymore. I'm going to quit running away from you. I repent. I ask you to forgive me for every sin in my life. I ask you to forgive me. Because I'm putting my faith in Jesus. My faith in his death on the cross for me. 
to pay for my sin. My faith in his resurrection from the dead to to give me a new life. I give my life to Jesus. If you've prayed that prayer of faith, I want to encourage you to let your mom know. Tell her today on this Mother's Day. For the rest of us, how is God speaking to us about our moms or the women in our life? We commit to loving them with the love of Jesus Christ. Not just today, but every day. But starting today, make that the gift. Father, I pray for every woman here or listening, watching, that they would be encouraged, Lord. Encouraged to keep persevering. To be faithful. To to be that mom physically, spiritually, emotionally for you, touching lives for you, trusting you for the outcome. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.